Welcome back to Travolta. Hosted by Jeff Sweeney and Stuart Elmore. Covering The Forger. Enjoy the episode. Why not do this? Because the house always wins. Play long enough. You never change the stakes. The house takes you. Unless, when that perfect hand comes along, you bet big. Then you take the house. Is this a quote from the movie that we're about to cover? No, this is a quote from Ocean's Eleven, which is a significantly better heist movie than the movie we're about to cover. I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't remember this in the movie at all. No, that, yeah, that is from Ocean's Eleven. A much better heist a movie. A movie I consistently thought of while we were watching this movie. Yeah, th- so hello, everybody. Hello, uh, thank everybody. you for tra- t- tuning in to Travolting. Uh, Welcome to Travolting. Thank you for tuning in last week to our episode on Killing Season uh, with Brian. Hope you folks enjoyed. Uh I, I, you know, calf muscles are strong, Jeff. <laughs> They're very strong. They're the strongest muscles in the world, they apparently. They can hold up an entire person's body weight with a wire ripped yes. through it. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know what else is strong? Travolta's accent in that movie. Travolta's accent in this movie. Um, but also the ability to time travel your mind back to 1500s France and embody the soul a famed painter, Claude, Claude Monet. Because that's right, folks. This week, me and Stuart, we're here talking about The Forger. The 2014, directed by Philip Martin, The classic. Forger. Classic. Oh, wait. Sorry. No, it's not. The Forger? A classic? Yeah. No. I, w- I will say, not a classic. I did have a very pleasant experience watching this I will movie. say, I this wasn't a 0% movie. This was like a 20 to 30% movie. Like, I had a moment or two. That I actually kind of enjoyed, and I was like, "Huh, that's okay. Like, that's nice." Like, there was this. This is not a good movie. No, it's not. Um, but it was a very pleasant experience. Like, I sat there. I was never like angry at it. I right. just sat there. It happened. Yeah. I felt calm during it. I felt at peace with myself. Um, and the movie happened. Do you like? Have you seen a portrait of a lady with um, lady on yes, fire? Yes, I have seen the portrait of a lady on fire. Um, have you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Why, why are you bringing it up? <laughs> well, because I've seen enough ASMR videos where it's the painting scenes from Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I've seen the movie. Oh, my God. I guarantee <laughs> you the, the painting scenes do not. <laughs> that's a movie about forbidden love and lust. And uh, It's about painting a portrait. Yeah, of a lady on fire. So I feel like, I feel like I've feel like i seen the whole movie just yeah. by watching those three painting scenes. <laughs> but anyway, this movie yes. has that. Yeah, it has but those ASMR. better. <laughs> <laughs> no, not yes. not not better. But it does have a version of that. Okay, of John Travolta painting a Claude Monet. And painting. oh, does he paint in this? Movie. Oh, does he paint? Yes, in what is certainly a uh, quite the motion picture. Um, yeah. So yeah, the, this movie we can do, we can leap into the context corner. Do let's, you feel, do you feel confident to do that? I feel confident. It's your okay. corner. Yeah, I feel confident. Okay, so we're stepping in. Uh, that's us walking over to the context corner. Dun, 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 dun. Context yeah. corner with Jeff Sweeney. Okay, so yeah, we're in the context corner. 
Uh, so <laughs> Travolta's at a pretty low point, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, back-to-backs, you know, Savage's killing season. And now Par- this movie. From Paris, Paris with, with love. love. I keep wanting to say from Russia with love because of the Bond movie. I mean. Um, the better Bond movie. Yeah, better Bond movie. Uh, from Paris. Like, it's, it's we're firmly in, like, Travolta's exploitation content right now. Yeah. These movies aren't, for the most part, being made with the intention of being great. They're being made as, you know, direct-to-video, direct-to-television, like, limited release runs. Yeah. Um, very, like, um, it, it, they're exploitative movies that are there just to make a quick buck and get out. Yeah, and they're still utilizing Travolta as if he's a big pull, even yeah. though he's very well off not a big pull anymore. Yeah, he's, he's, um, he's at upper-lower tier right now. Like he's an yeah. upper level low tier draw. If it's like A list actor, B list actor, C list actor, yes, he's like low B list, upper C list at this point. I would say upper C. Yeah, like he's firmly in the territory of like someone will know who he is. The like these movies are made with the idea that like the random person looking at the red box is going to see the DVD that has John Travolta holding a gun on the front of it or holding yeah. a paintbrush, maybe, in this case, <laughs> and be like, oh, Travolta, probably okay, and then buy the, the $2 red box. And then regrets it. Yeah, and then watch it and be like, well, that was a waste of my time. Yeah. Or like you, fl- or the person who's flipping through the channels and sees Travolta, like, you know, really uh, spinning the brushes on there. What? And it's like, all right, I'll, I'll stop on TNT and watch well, one some of, the of this. biggest problems with that is we talked about that, of like the programmers. Yeah. And Travolta back in the early 2000s and 90s was like, I don't call, almost call the king of the program. Of the programmer. But like, he was the king of like the theater programmer at that point. Yeah. At this point, he's the king of the red box. <laughs> yeah, like you T- can't even call it TNT anymore just because like I got, when I say hear TNT, I think of Ladder 49, yeah. I think of Phenomenon, I think of... um. Uh, 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 lawyer movie with James Gandolfini Civil and the Poisoned action. Water. Civil action. Yeah. Like, I think of those movies. Those are when the you, top When you say tier. Travolta, James Gandolfini movie, you're not really li- narrowing it down know, as right? we discovered. <laughs> we discovered. No, but uh, like, I feel like there, there are those those programmer movies that are like on the TNTs, yeah. on the C, uh, the, the TBS mm-hmm. and the AMCs, where it's like you flip through it, you watch it, you have a couple of commercials, and. You finish up the movie. You look at the clock. It's eleven thirty. You thought, oh, that was a good night, yeah. and you go to bed, and you don't really waste your time. Yeah. You feel like it was pretty decent. But and the difference is, those were movies that had a second life on television. Yes, like even if they didn't make a lot of money in theaters, like it was a second life for them. Oh coming yeah, out. yeah. Um, and like being big TNT hits or you know. Well, we AMC. talked about that. There's a lot of those movies where, like, yeah, sure they weren't box office hits, but like for instance, Ladder Forty Nine yeah. had a lot of DVD sales or something like that. Yeah, there's a lot of those movies that he did that may not have been like huge box office smashes, but like DVD sales were really crazy. Mm-hmm. But it's movies like this that are firmly made for the idea of like having their first lives on TNT, AMC, you know, like popping up on HBO. But with that, what niche is this movie filling in? <laughs> because it's not for the heist crowd. It's not for the artistic crowd. It's also I it's hard to say if it's for no. the family crowd. No, it is made for the um the the heist crowd for an 11 million dollar budget. 11 million dollar budget. Yes. 
and that's uh, half of which probably went to Travolta and Christopher Plummer. Yeah, Christopher Plummer's in this movie. He guys. is in this movie. And Ty God rest Sh- his soul. Uh, Ty Sheridan. Ty Sheridan. Uh, Cyclops from the new X Men movies mm-hmm. and r- the guy in Ready Player One. Yeah, and the kid in uh, oh my God, what's it? The Card Counter. Great movie from last year. Cool. Uh, I didn't see yeah. it. A good movie. All right. Great. Oscar Isaac plays a card counter. Huh. How can you not want to see that? Whatever. Yeah. Um, Do you know there's a movie that came out and Robert Pattinson plays a bat? Man? Whoa! Whoa! Um, rough. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. That's basically the niche that Travolta's in right now. Yeah. Is these, you know, TV programmers. Red box programmers. The red box programmers. Yeah, I'd almost call it go straight to red box programmers because yeah. who's even putting this on TV at this point? <laughs> um, but yeah, Philip Martin was Philip Dunn, What's the our- director of this motion picture. Philip Martin, he has directed, drum roll, uh, nothing that anyone has ever seen. Okay, correction, he has directed seven episodes of The Crown, oh, which is yeah. his claim to fame. So. Which, good series. Yeah. Uh, I assume he directed a few good episodes. Yes. Maybe not all of his episodes were good. I don't remember. I, you know, the the episodes of The Crown that he did. Oh, I did rank one of the episodes that he did, and I ranked it an 8 out of 10 on IMDb. Oh, okay. What episode was that? Oh, no, it was just the entire series. Never mind. Okay. So we'll I, take it back. Then I, I got to take it back but then. He, he seems like he basically was, he was a, like a TV movie guy uh, who eventually went back to TV and found some success in it with the crown and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, but this was from the look of it, his like one jump to a theatrically released released film, mm-hmm. which was, it's not, it got a theatrical release, but that, like we just said, that was not its main intent. Yeah. But this is just one jump to like theatrical feature film hmm. and it didn't really work out for him. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean that that's basically the context corner of this movie. Yeah, there's I mean, no there's no exciting anecdotes. There's not really there's one bit of there's like one piece of trivia on IMDb. Oh, uh, that I think is truly magical. Is is yeah yeah it is the it's the one about um John Travolta traveled to Hong Kong to study oil painting to prepare for his role in this movie. Which I, I and I have several questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just think. This movie is set in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not about any oil painting of a Hong Kong like culture. Yeah. It's French <laughs> Monet impressionistic Kong? painting. <laughs> Charles is like, that's just fantastic. I want to go to Hong Kong <laughs> to study study oil painting. They're like, John, it's a better a French painting. He's like, ah, great, great. And he's like in the plane. Or I honestly think he's it's like he's flying his Boeing <laughs> over to Hong Kong. I honestly think it's like Travolta was in Hong Kong when he got the call that he was in this movie. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that's just fanca- fantastic. I got the one I, sentence I'm, we say for Travolta. I'm in Hong Kong right now. And, I, <laughs> you know, I actually uh, was looking at some oil paintings and I think will really benefit myself for the film. And then flash forward two years, he's doing a press junket for this. And he'd be like, oh, so when you found out you got the role, was there any preparation for this? Like, well, it's funny you should ask because I was in Hong Kong. And, I got <laughs> and if, well, lo and behold, that person added that on IMDb. Mm-hmm. So... It's like the equivalent of like someone being in like a martial arts kung fu film and being like, yeah, I traveled to Venezuela to learn uh, <laughs> to learn the fighting style. It's like, wait a second, wait, wait a what? second. It makes no sense. Um, so yeah, that's that's the only bit of trivia about this movie that I could possibly find. It yeah. kind of just came in and out without a blip. We Pro- said Christopher Plummer's in this movie. Christopher Plummer is in this movie. Doing what? Uh, getting a paycheck. 
I played a crusty old grandpa. <laughs> crusty old <laughs> Irish grandpa. Oh, yes. His, his accent seems to be coming in and out in this movie. It is coming in and out. Like, there's, there's parts where he's like full on, oh, yeah, you know, coming over from the boat of the potatoes and whatnot. And then there's parts where he's like, let me tell you, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does both like the harsh Boston, but also yeah. then the strong Irish. And it's like, why? Mm-hmm. Why are you doing that, Christopher Plummer? You're worth so much more. <laughs> uh, you know, he got he got he got paid for this movie. I'm sure. I'm he sure did. he was very happy. I'm with... sure he was among a, a a good chunk of the 11 million. Yes. So, uh, Jeff has already yawned once in this podcast. Things are already getting dire. We must <laughs> go, 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 Should go. We jump go. right into the plot. Let's get into the plot. Okay, so what does the movie start with? It starts with my favorite impressionistic painting of John, John Travolta, Travolta in, in jail, in prison. <laughs> Not only in a physical prison in this movie, but also in a career prison. Career of his prison. Own making. Yes. It's funny. Like he turns around, he stares at the bars, and the metal bars are actually made of like. DVDs of his failed movies. It's like, there's like a Battlefield Earth one. Oh my god! Yeah, there's a Lonely Hearts one. It's like really small in the corner. Um, and then there's the music video with him and Olivia Newton John. Yes. I think you might like it. I think you might. We like did not it. like it. We did um, hated it. But no, he's uh, he's in prison and he has. Can we talk about the soul patch? Oh, you want to get into the hair? Like we can get into the hair, or we can just talk about the soul. I mean, is that there's part and parcel, right? I mean, it's 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 an accessory of the hair. Yeah, because there's something about the soul. Let's just cue that music. All right, cue the hair ranking music. Welcome to the hair ranking. Uh, so, yeah, John Travolta's hair in this movie. Okay, so the soul patch. Has no business being there. It has no business being there. <laughs> not, and, not, and, not a fucking <laughs> incent of business being there. But I'm not sure, did you notice it's like slightly off center? Yes. It's really unsettling and distracting. It's yes, like. I can't stop looking at it. It's like, it like kind of goes in like a V formation. I feel like, like it moves partway through the movie. Yeah, it's like soul patches do. But instead of like setting perfectly at like the center of the chin, it's like maybe like half a centimeter over. Yeah. It's really unsettling. It's very like, unsettling. Every time I look at him, I'm like, just slightly off center. It was just, can we just like get that guy over a little bit? <laughs> well, it also, it also goes to the point of, um, why does he have a fucking soul patch? <laughs> <laughs> He's a hard guy for prison. But like his hair. So to talk about the hair ranking, his hair is fine. Yeah. It's fine hair. It's basically like your haircut. It is basically, I was about to say that, like, you know, for folks in the audience, no one probably knows what I look like. Um, although we did get that one subscriber who sent us a drawing and it was... Awesome. Yeah, shout shout out to, um, I think we already gave them a shout out. Did we already give them a shout out? I believe we I'd did. I'd hate to but... give them another one. <laughs> You'd hate to give them another <laughs> No. We... Shout outs come are very expensive on the Travolting podcast. We hold them absolutely no, I just dear. don't want to talk at me like, nope. yeah, this person happened if we've already talked about it. No, like... I mean, I don't think we have. But they sent us a, fo- a photo of a drawing, and they drew a photo of us, and it was very oddly accurate. Yes, I think for you. Well, yeah, for me, for you, not so much. But for me, it is very accurate, and I think it's because my Instagram is linked with this podcast, and yes. they probably just like clicked on my profile and looked at some of my photos. So, yeah, people can see what I look like. I. I have longer hair than my profile picture. My okay. profile picture is just me. I found, I found it. Here it is. 
Yeah, and the beanie. Yeah, it's actually a really nice uh, drawing of you. Yeah. Uh, with you had shorter hair at the time, I believe. No, I, I have longer hair, but it's I know what photo they're drawing from. It's the photo I took. It's my Instagram uh, profile photo. Because my profile photo is of me. Uh, at the at Colorado Rocky uh, Rocky Mountains, yeah, Rocky Mountain High. Yeah, and I have like a full beard, and my hair is covered with a brown beanie. Yeah, and I think the person just found that photo and drew that. Yes. Uh, but underneath that beanie, ladies and gentlemen, is Jeff. Would you describe longer hair? Yeah, longer hair. Yeah, a bit of a mane. A bit of a mane, you might say. Yes. Uh, like the devil's rain, bit of mane. <laughs> devil's rain, bit of a mane. Uh. Similar length to John Travolta's hair in this movie, although he also has the gray strands on the front, mm-hmm. which don't bump me too much. Like, you know, yeah. he's older, he's aged. And it's clearly a wig. Like, yes. you know, like that's the thing. No, he's bald at moving, this point. Moving forward, we just have to acknowledge that, like, none of his hair is real in any of his yeah. movies. He said, he said, like, roughly when he shaved it in From Paris with Love, it kind of didn't grow back. Yeah. Um, much to his chagrin, it didn't really come back. But he, uh, so it's pretty much wigs from this point on. Yeah, and I guess like I can still comment on it because yeah. the hair is such a quintessential I- yeah. iconography of his I mean, character. I we talk about animated hair. We can talk about fake hair. Huh? Yeah. Like fake wigs and shit. Well, I have my own views on that, but yeah. I've been strong-armed enough on the podcast. <laughs> strong-armed so. enough. Uh, so his long hair doesn't bother me too yeah. much, but he's got that fucking soul patch <laughs> there's no reason to be there at all and it's off center and it's such a small little hitler mustache but on his chin and i don't understand why it's there so let's pull up the list i got the list let's, right here okay i got it, I got it. Can, can, can i look at the list take. i look at the list it's gonna go fairly low put it put it below mad city above lonely hearts uh, below mad city above lonely hearts yeah uh, Mad that's City... honestly number uh, 18. <laughs> no, not... it's not. Let me yeah. see that again. <laughs> that's like the upper tier if you were going to do that. Stuart snatched my phone away from me when I told him it was number 18. He is okay. furiously uh, okay, staring okay, okay, at me. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay, okay. Put it below a civil action above basements. Okay, below a civil action above basements. The I didn't domain. realize that... All those other hair ranking hair rankings were like in the midst of the standard '90s hair yeah. Travolta, where it the, the hairstyle doesn't change for t- ten years. Yeah. Um. So I got to put it below that because it doesn't make that mark. Yeah. Forger's the new number thirty-four. Yeah, that's a good spot for it. Yeah. It like the hair's fine. I don't know. I have no problems with the yeah. hair. It's the soul patch. It's the fucking soul. It was so deliberate too. <laughs> it's a very clear. Someone choice. made a choice on that yeah. soul patch, and I need to ask them mm-hmm. questions. Mm. Okay, so he's in prison. Okay, so he's in prison. And he gets a phone call. Uh, yes. Um, from his lawyer. He says, your appeals was, was denied. It's like you, you have, have to go. You have to wait out 10 more months. He said 11 more months, and Travolta corrects him and says, 10 more months. Yeah. And he's like, and Travolta's like, call, call Keegan. Call Keegan. And his lawyer's like, you don't want to do that. It's only 10 more months. Call Keegan. Call Keegan. Cut two trolls for walking out of prison. Yeah, he got out. Yeah. He gets out and he gets in the car. With his did you think this was 10 or 11 months later when they shot this? Or no. did you think it was like he got out early for some reason? No, I thought I figured he got out early because of that phone call. I thought it was, we were time jumping 10 or 11 months. Oh. Was not very clear to me. Um, but yeah, he gets out of jail. We do find out later, yes, that he got out of early. He got out early. Yeah, and so he gets out and he's picked up by his brother, Carl. 
Um, he has a brother in this movie. Yes. Fucking hell. Or it's Colin or Carl. I can't. I think it's Carl. I don't remember. Um, but he gets out, and his brother Carl, who like is not a character in this movie. Yeah. To be fair. To be clear. No, he's not. He's like in a lot of scenes, but he's not a character. He's just present. And his brother picks him up. And is like, "Why did you do that? Why did you call Keegan? You could have. You only. You could have waited ten more months." And he's like, "Had to see my son." And Charles is doing a Boston accent in this movie, mind you, because it's all set in Boston. He's trying. He's trying to do a Boston accent. <laughs> he doesn't go full JFK like, oh, I say, what if Charles just walked in? He's like, all right, we're going to forge a painting by Claude Monet. It's like, oh, my God. I need to get into the headspace. It's been on Bolena. No, he's just like, uh, he's like, I can't even do his accent in this movie because he's just like, no, I'm a, I'm a guy from Boston. I'm a guy from Boston, yeah, and Boston. I we're gonna we're gonna forge a Claude Monet painting. He's like I'm gonna forge a painting. Uh, kind of like Mark Wahlberg talks to animals. Have you seen that TikTok where it's like uh this guy's uh, girlfriend and his dad ranking uh their um uh accents, and it starts with the girlfriend. She's like butter, I have and seen the dad's that. like butter, butter. It's butter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hammer like can you pass me the hammer no say it like you mean it it's a give me a hammer <laughs> yeah <laughs> fucking love Actually, that. that's very good it's very good that's what travolta's doing in this movie yes i was trying to yeah. uh, but he goes back home yes to where christopher Plummer's like get out of my house <laughs> i didn't kill my wife <laughs> no um <laughs> we're not gonna breathe i do want to say it is uh, st patrick's day here in chicago um, yes it is and that means it's fugitive season again i think i'm gonna watch it tonight Good for you. Yeah, it's fugitive season. Yeah. He didn't kill his wife. There's a man in his house. A one-armed man. man. He fought, fought with this, this man. man. You find, find him. You find, find this man. Yeah. I'm very excited. Yeah. Um, watch the fugitive every St. Patrick's Day. It's great. I'm, uh, I'm glad you do. <laughs> it's I think tra- that's a very cute thing you do. It's a tradition. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> oh, classy. Anyway. Um, um, this show's really gone downhill since so, <laughs> so we entered this. We're third. forging our way. Yeah. Through this, Jeff. Okay. Just so like, he gets home and Christopher was like, get out of my house. And he's, what well, he's the like, fuck are you doing here? He's like, why, why are you talking out of prison? You're going to wait for the 10 months. <laughs> <laughs> and Charles is like, I had to see my son. <laughs> and Plummer's like, you have an idea what the devil didn't you? <laughs> and they pull, he, he like starts like vomiting Guinness out of his like, <laughs> a potato like comes out of his ass. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, no. <laughs> Uh, no, but basically he just conf- he tells his dad like, I my son has cancer. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see him before he died, so oh, I made a deal with a Keegan. mob boss, yeah, mob Keegan, boss, that I would forge a painting in exchange for getting out, in exchange for him bribing the judge. Yeah, and we all get this in the next scene. Christopher's like, I've been doing a fine job (laughs) raising your son. You didn't have to be here. (laughs) I can't do this the entire episode. (laughs) I don't know if I can do this the entire episode. Okay, so we we get this bit because John Travolta goes to a nightclub where he meets Sheridan. Or Keegan. Keegan. Well, we learn he has an estranged relationship with his son. 
Yeah, because the son, played by Ty Sheridan, Cyclops yeah. and the X-Men. Number one has cancer. Has cancer. Number two, brain cancer, inoperable stage four. Fucking virgin. Weak. <laughs> oh, God, Jesus. Oh, yeah, he is a virgin. No, we'll get uh, to that. It's a major part of this movie that he is a virgin. <laughs> He asked his Poor dad. Poor Ty Sheridan, man. Yeah. Uh, he came out of like mud. To, like Everyone's like, wow, this kid's the next big thing. And then he's like, all right, you're a virgin with cancer. It's going to be brutal. <laughs> you're going to have sex with a hooker in this movie. Well, you're going to almost have sex with a hooker <laughs> in this movie. Until uh, Travolta rips you out. Uh, throws you off a building. Uh, weird choice of words. <laughs> oh, son, we got to get the gun. So we're going to get out of here. <laughs> get on the lady, son. We got to go. The cops are on us. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Oh, man. Charles has an estranged relationship with his son. Yeah. And he's like, I'm doing this for you. Um, so he goes to a nightclub where he meets Keegan, Keegan, who tells him, you're going to make a forgery of a Claude Monet painting, a woman with a parasol. You're going to swap it out. You're going to swap it out. Museum. You're going to steal it from the museum. You're going to give it to me so I can sell it to a So I can client. pay off. So I can sell it to this client and pay off my debt to them. Yeah. Because we learned like he recently had one of his guys got busted for drugs. Yeah. And he lost on like four hundred thousand dollars worth of like material. Yeah, everybody owes somebody money. Like Travolta, yeah, this guy, owes... this guy named Carlos. Yeah, uh, who is like supposed to be like the drug kingpin? He's a very nice guy in this movie. It's very funny. Well, he's also like got two minutes of screen time. Yeah. At time. the end, he's literally like, "Thank you, my friend, via con Dios, uh to like Christopher Plummer. Yeah, who's who inexplicably has grown a leprechaun beard by that point in the movie. Um, he has, hasn't? Yeah. He? He says, are you after me, Lucky Charm? <laughs> so, no. It's heroin. But, no. Um, <laughs> so, he goes to this nightclub, and he meets Keegan, and Keegan tells him this. And Trolls is like, I don't want to do it. And this guy's like, kind of, like, rough him up a little bit. He's like, you're going to do it, or else you're going to get dead. Well, he says, like, I bribed your judge yeah. to get you out. You owe me. I-, I can just make one phone call, and you go right back to prison. Yeah. And so then, yeah. Trolls is like, all right, I'll you do it. You have 48 hours to answer or whatever. On his way out the door, this extremely friendly waitress or girl at the bar starts talking to Travolta. And he susses out immediately. She's like an undercover cop. Yeah. And goes to his car and she's like, hey, can I come and ride with you? And he's like, no. And gets in his car and drives off. Yeah. And then she's like, well, that guy's suspicious. Um, yeah. What's her character's name? I don't know. I just wrote DEA agent. Agent Paisley. Apparently she doesn't have a first name. Catherine? Is it? Ka- oh, it's Catherine. That's right. Catherine. Um, yeah, I just wrote that down. Uh, so this is when Ray, that's Travolta's name in this movie, by the way, Isn't Raymond, Ray? Cu- Raymond J. Cutter, Wait, Raymond J. Cutter, Cutter, Raymond Cutter. I'm a Raymond J. Cutter. Well, no, that's Christopher Plummer's. Are you Raymond J. Plummer? I think I'm a little more pirate there. I think. Yeah, you are. Um, Get a little piratey with this. Yeah. And so, uh, Do you know, the most expensive movie ever made is Pirates of the Caribbean on Strangers Tides. Yes. It's tied with Tangled. I believe what? Tangled is also the most expensive movie ever made. How is Tangled that expensive? Because uh, they kept rebooting the production of Tangled after animating a lot of the movie. Uh, so, like, it just, and, like, it all got listed under the same budget. So, there's, like, four movies worth of budgets. Wow. Huh. Okay. Um, but if you don't adjust for, infl- if you both adjusted for inflation and unadjusted Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides is still the number one. The follow-ups are Avengers Age of Ultron, Avengers Endgame, and Avengers Infinity War. Yeah, the fact that Pirates of the Caribbean 4, not even 3, which I think is, I think 1 and 2 are tied for the best. 3 is slightly less 
good. Mm. And four is pretty bad. Well, that's because Pirates Four um, had to pay Johnny Depp two hundred million dollars for his wine uh, consumption during production. Hey, it's far more than that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the most insane things someone's ever said. Yeah, um, it's absurd. It's far more than that. Yeah, okay, we should get back to the four. Because <laughs> like, we're about to get into quite the tangent uh, if we start talking about the most expensive movies ever made. I yeah. Um, uh, this is when Ray takes. This is when I start forgetting what happens in this movie. Well, that I watched. It two I hours think ago. what happens is Ray takes his son to the hospital for chemotherapy, yeah. and as they're in the waiting room, they see this kid with the Make a Wish Foundation yeah. thing, and he's like, "Oh yes, do you think you'd ever want to do something like that?" And he's like, "No." He's like, he's "No, like, but you'll be like a genie. You give me three wishes." Yeah, I think Travolta offers that. Yeah. Ray's like, well, what if I did that? What if I gave you three wishes or whatever, like a fucking yeah. genie? Yeah. He's like, oh, whatever, dad. And then he says, like, his first wish is, okay, you want to be a genie? I, I want to see my, my mom. mom. Who he's never met in his life. And, of course, he, Ray tells Christopher Plummer this, and Ray's reaction is, oh, bloody boy, you want to meet your mother? You, you fucking yeah. motherfucking. Your mother. Your mother's a liar and a wench. <laughs> She didn't properly peel the potato if you get my strain of words. I was like, oh, God, Christopher. Um, so then I'm setting my own people back. He tracks down. Uh, he, he tracks down. He, go, he goes to a, uh, a tattoo parlor. It's net. Oh, a, my God. A, I forgot a, about The problem with this movie is nothing is explained. No, nothing is explained. Also, can we talk about the stunt in this movie? Yes, of course we will when we get to this, this, this scene. Okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for reminding me about the tattoo. I would have totally missed it if you had not brought it up. Okay, wait. The first stunt because <laughs> so, there is like the first stunt so is he, he's he at Ty Sheridan asks Travolta to meet his mother at a diner that they go to, and there's two random of Keegan's thugs who follow them in. Yes, and Travolta yes! goes to the men's room, and one of them follows him in. And is like you got to deliver for Keegan soon, and Travolta just like it's all one shot of this stunt. It's like five seconds. Joel just grabs the guy and pushes him into the urinal. And, and then, like, like, love taps him on the shoulder. <laughs> yeah, and then cuts to him walking out and be like, let's go. <laughs> yeah, like, you just beat the fucker up. And it's like, you literally just shoved him down on the ground and punched him on the shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is that? It was very funny. It was very weak. Um, So that happened. But he goes, he's like, all right, I'll find your mother. So he goes to this tattoo parlor. Yes. Um, Who somehow has a connection to. Yeah, there's just like a guy in there and he's like. Where is she? And well, he's like, like, do you know who I am? It's like, no, I don't know who you are. It's like, I'm Ray. And it's like, you know me. He's like, okay, Ray. And he's like, well, you know, you know who, uh, what the fuck the wife's name is? Or not the um, wife, the ex-wife. I, I don't think they were ever married. The, yeah, the mother. Uh, he's the like, mother, you know, Kim. Kim. You know where Kim is? It's like, I don't know where Kim is. And then, of course, say, like, you're never allowed in my shop, Ray. Which, by the way, I thought he didn't know Ray. Apparently mm. he does. Um, so then he, he pulls out a gun, a shotgun. He's like, oh, no, it's not that type of night. Yeah. And then he's like, then he hi gets a henchman, and then four yeah. guys come from the back. This is a very, like, well-guarded yeah. tattoo parlor, yeah. apparently. And then Charlton just goes wild. Well, and then it cuts to this one wide shot <laughs> yeah. of the street. It's this huge security camera wide shot. Basically, where they all stumble outside and are yeah. all beating up Travolta. And Travolta <laughs> stumbles to it's his like car. It's like a minute long. It is like a minute long. Continuous action. And seconds. I just think about like you know, eleven million dollar budget. They probably only had like that street locked yeah. down for like five minutes. Yeah. And it's very clear it's not Travolta in the fight. Oh, it's of a course. stunt guy. It's a stunt guy. It's a bunch of stunt guys, and like 
It's not very well choreographed. It's basically just like a bunch of dudes wailing on each other in the street for a minute. You know that scene in The Dark Knight Rises when they're on the roof and him and Catwoman are fighting and yeah. the henchman like comes up to Batman and doesn't get hit but still falls right yeah. back? It's on par There's with that. There's a lot that. of that. A lot of that. It's a lot just like you see a cluster of guys and they're all just like kind of moving. Yeah. But um, then uh, Travolta, after getting beat up, goes to his car. Well, the stunt double Travolta gets to his car, gets a bat, and then just starts like yeah, wailing at gets a bat. <laughs> and starts fucking wailing at these guys, <laughs> and he starts winning, and then it cuts to the inside, and Travolta coming back in with yeah, a bat. And, starts... and they clearly just put like blood on his face yeah. to make it look like he just got in a fight. Yeah. And then he beats, he beats up this the guy. He was like, "Where is she? Where, Where are she? the drugs? Where are the drugs going?" <laughs> I swear, I don't know. Yeah. It's like swear to me. No, but he uh, he starts pitting this guy, and the guy's like, "Fine, I'll tell you. She's in Cambridge now." And he says like some part of Boston. If you didn't know, this movie's set in Boston. And if he, in case you didn't know, every fucking character in this movie. And now he has the most stereotypes. They're all wearing like red socks. Reveal. <laughs> it's like that's get, right. They are. There's a part where I think Christopher Warren walks into the scene wearing a red sock shirt, holding a giant case of Narragansett beer, oh my God. talking in an Irish accent. I'm like, set? is this Boston? Is this movie set in Boston? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that fight happens. Trolta shows up at his um at Will's mom's house. Yeah. Um, in the slums. And she lives in a trailer park. Yeah, she's like a drug addict. Yeah. And so he's like, you need to clean yourself up. Your son wants to meet you. And yeah. it's like, oh, I don't want to meet him. It's like, he's dying from cancer. It's like, I still don't want to meet him. It's like, did he's you not dying. hear what I said? He's dying, he's dying from, from cancer. You're his wish. So. She cleans up and they go out. And they have a little moment together. And she's played by Jennifer uh, Jennifer Ely, uh, who's a wonderful actress from Zero Dark Thirty. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's great in that. Uh, it's a shame this is like her follow-up movie. Um, but the scene that follows with them at the diner and then going to the park, good scene. Yeah, I, I kind of like that business. Like I said, I found this movie very pleasant to watch. Like it was, it yeah. was calming. It wrote down somewhat a touching scene. Yeah. How like you know? Because like she's clearly very nervous. She's still addicted to drugs. She has to like sneak to the bathroom to pop pills. And Travolta, who's doing his best to like. Kind of, Let this moment happen. Yeah, trying to give his son a special moment meeting his mom. And not ruin it. But and I, Ty Sheridan playing it strong. Ty Sheridan doing a really great job. Yeah. yeah. And then he le- then she leaves. She goes to the train. And yeah. there's a sweet moment where it's like Travolta's like, hey, like, I'll be right back. You stay right here. And Travolta, see, there's a one little wide shot of him approaching her on the train platform. They don't say something for a while. Yeah. And he says, thank you. And then he walks away. Yeah. And it, it lingers on her staying on that platform. And then it cuts to the next scene. Yeah. I thought... And it's Travolta done. and Ty Sheridan driving. He's like, "Thank Dad, thank you for, like, pretending or whatever. pretending that she's a normal mom yeah. for a day." Yeah, good scene. Yeah, it's a good sequence. It's strong. It's fine. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, we're catching up with Catherine, the DEA agent, oh my God. with her partner, he I, who must not be named. What the fuck is this? Yeah, plot line. Who's <laughs> like? Actively just tracking. Um, well, it's like they see Travolta, who is on probation, yeah. violate his uh, probation six times, like parole, like six times, and not arrested. And they like, have the footage of him hmm, fighting the dudes. But at the why park. is he violating his parole yeah. six times? We should keep following yeah. him. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. He's they're not. That's, that's the thing at about one, this. Sorry, at one point. Because this gets later in the movie where the, the brothel scene. Yeah. Where literally the cop says, like, well, if we don't bust him now, then we're not doing our job. Yeah. And I'm like, that is the point. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Um, like, I, I use that Ocean's Eleven quote at the beginning of the movie. Because Ocean's Eleven is, like, the, the paragon of a heist film. And its structure and how it's told and whatnot. Yeah. This movie is a heist movie where 
nothing goes wrong at any point. Everything just goes fine for the characters committing the heist. Have you seen um, what's that Dave Batista film about Vegas and zombies and it's a heist film? Um, oh God, I know what you're talking. Uh, Army of the Dead. Yes. Have you seen it? I've not. It's actually kind of fucking dope. Zack Snyder. Yeah. It's actually kind of a Snyder cut. Wow. Yeah. Um, can but, I just can I just read the the plot summary? For I, I understand movie? the plots. I I've seen following the following a zombie outbreak in Las Vegas. A group of mercenaries take the ultimate gamble, venturing into the quarantine zone to pull off the greatest heist ever attempted. Mm. Is it not the greatest shit you ever? Did heard? you watch the prequel? There's a prequel. They made a pre- one of the characters in it, uh, like the German lockpicker or whatever. Made a prequel, directed a prequel about his character called Army of Thieves, which has no relation to zombies. It's just him robbing banks in Germany. Fucking A. I might uh, watch it. I think that's funny as hell. Um, anyway, back to the four. The most exciting movie ever. We're, cl- we're clearly in the pocket on The Forger today. Yes, we are. Um, but yeah, this DEA agent Catherine's just following the, the, the breadcrumbs. Yeah. And she's like, he's, in, he's involved in something. And that's that. I literally could not give two shits about this DEA agent plot plot line. It makes no sense. There's a very funny moment, though, where, like, she goes outside with her partner, and her partner, like, puts a cigarette in his mouth and goes to light it, but he fails to light it. Did you see this? No. He, like, has the cigarette in his mouth, and he, like, brings the layer up and does, like, the, and, like, lights it, but it doesn't catch. But he's already done it in the scene, so he can't, like, do it again, blocking-wise. So he starts just, like, smoking a cigarette that's that's not lit. It's extremely funny. He's like, he like lights it and then he's just like, do you notice that? Whatever. But, he's, but he, it's clearly not lit. Yeah. It's just like holding there and he does like all the motions with it. Did you notice that the scenes that took place in their like quote unquote precinct yeah. had uh, wall stains of old art that were taken down? No. Yeah. Like very much like they just rented out an office mm. that had like indie art on it. Yeah. And they're like, we don't want that there. Take it down. Yeah. And they just took it down. But they had, like, you know how when you take, like, a, a painting or something yeah, that's been like on the a wall little... for a while, there's, like, a little stain that highlights the yeah. wall? Like, there are those stains on the wall. Yeah. I just noticed that with the production design. I'm like, did no one see this on the camera and thought, <laughs> like, can we just wipe? They're not easy to, they're not hard to wipe off. Yeah. Take, like, a Clorox wipe. Wipe, wipe it. It doesn't ruin yeah. the paint or anything, but you just get the stain off. And no one fucking bothered to do that. <laughs> Whatever. We're putting as much effort into talking about this movie as they put into making it. Exactly. Um, so, I want to get to the brothel bit. First, we're back at the house, and Christopher Plummer and Trulter are drinking beers. And Ty Sheridan's like, can I get one? And they're like, fuck it. <laughs> so they give him a beer. Well, I teach li- the kid while he's young, yeah. Yeah, I like the idea of the... Th- I like the, the, the vision of the three generations of this family just sitting around drinking beer. Yeah. Uh, all depressed that the youngest one's going to die of cancer. Uh, so his second wish. He tell he this is soon after the mom bit, isn't yeah. it? He's like, Dad, I, I wanna, know what my second wish is. I want to have sex. I want to lose my virginity. To uh, you. Oh, no. <laughs> he, he says, I want to lose my virginity. Um, I, I also want to say Ty Sheridan actually kind of looks like he could be John Travolta's kid in this movie. It's a good father-son matchup. Yeah. It's like it's like a good uh yeah. a good casting like for someone who could conceivably be his kid. Yeah. Um it isn't like fucking Robin Williams with his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't look like yeah. Robin Williams spawn at all. Mm-hmm. But it's John Travolta's yeah. but instead yeah. Yeah. 
anyway. And yeah, and yeah. So, um, yeah. He, he wants to have sex, but he broke up with his girlfriend. Yeah, Trisha. Trisha, who we don't see until the very end yeah, of the movie. Yeah, until when they reconcile. It's very cute. Cute is a word. <laughs> um, And so his dad's like, what? Well, he's like, what am I going to do about this? And then he, he, he talks to his brother, Carl, yeah. about it. Because yeah, apparently this is fa- a family of thieves. Yeah. Because like, it's established that Christopher Plummer has experience like doing ripoffs and whatnot. Which we only get until like the very yeah, end. Yeah, we only of the see movie. at the very end of the movie. The whole time you're like, oh, he's just disappointed. His son's a criminal. I'm like, no, he's a criminal too. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so he's talking to Carl about it. He's like, well, why don't you just like buy him a hooker or whatever? It's like, I don't want to buy him a hooker. Yeah. It's like, what? You, you had his vision that he's going to meet somebody, fall in love, and have sex at the back of a Buick? He's like, yeah. That's what I want. That's what I want. Uh, but no, Travolta just gives in and brings uh, Ty Sheridan, his 15 year old son, to a brothel. Uh, the DEA to is me, out. The DA mel- is outside because Charles is doing nothing to hide his movements. Yeah, and they're meeting this lady named Melanie. Yeah. And they knock on the door, and this young woman opens. And she's like, Carl explained everything to me. Um, we'll be so done in an hour. How? I, I have legal questions about this. Legal? Well, I know it's not legal in the first place. Yeah. Which, sex work is valid work and should be legal, yeah. but first off, he's 15. Yeah. So if he's dating a consenting adult that's already statutory rape yes but is she not over 18 In no i believe case, she is but i it, believe that they're they're like within the brothel code they're making an exemption i don't know are they're gonna fuck a little boy yes like, I'm sorry to make it really graphic. No, it's but very that's, strange. But that is what it is. No, it's, it's like it's the strangest scene in this a movie. A person, a, a female over 18 is going to have sex with a little boy. Yeah. And this movie is going to expect us to be okay with it. Yes. And Travolta's just going to stand outside and be like, yeah, my Which son's Which is like, by the way, if you had... No, nah, I'm not going to say that. Yeah. No, nah, I'm not going to say anything. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, uh, so. This movie, this movie's very strange in how it handles this. But anyway, the DEA is like, all right, I guess we'll bust him now. And so they run him. And so Travolta's like, we gotta go with the cops. So he bangs open the door. He opens it. <laughs> and he finds it. like Melanie like about to, and his son about to have sex. And he's like, no, because the movie's like, well, we can apply it, but we can't like have them actually do it. Because that's a problem. Because then that's child pornography. Yeah. And so he grabs Ty Sheridan and they run to the roof of the building. Yeah. And they jump from one building to the other. Ty Sheridan's like, we could do it, Dad. And Travolta's like, I don't know. <laughs> and so they get to run and jump and they jump to the other building and go back to, it's all fine there's no that's the thing that's the thing about this movie no, nothing ever goes wrong nothing goes wrong yeah there's no instance in this movie where the characters face any conflict that is not immediately resolved for them yeah. every time Travolta like gets jumped he beats the guys up yeah he wins the fight yeah anytime he's strong armed by his boss he has an out anytime the DA gets close they just escape yeah it's hilarious. Um, He's forging the path. Yeah. And so he goes home and he finds Keegan in his in his house. Oh, my God. And Christopher Palmer like, pulls a shotgun out of like his, I don't know, like Guinness shelf or whatever. <laughs> Christopher, oh, get, get your fucking ass out of my house. Christopher Palmer opens the potato cabinet and he like pulls out a shotgun. He's like, get out of my house. And Charles is like, whoa, dad, whoa, whoa. <laughs> not that kind of night. Yeah, he's like, not that kind of night. It's broad daylight, by yeah. the way. <laughs> and... He's like, Dad, get out of here. And so Travolta talks, and Keegan's like, we need the painting by 11 o'clock tonight. Yeah. And Travolta's like, you got it. 
this movie then seamlessly turns into the uh, national treasure. Yes. <laughs> uh, he cuts to like Travolta. It's like a 10 minute sequence of like Travolta being like with his son. This He finally connects to his son through art. Yeah. They're sitting there. He's like, see, the thing is, uh, I guess not, I gotta, the thing is, son, like, you know, when it comes to, you know, painting like this Monet, you gotta really get into his mindset and like really put yourself in his in his shoes at the time in 1575 and so Travolta like it's like and he's like painting this it's like 10 minutes of Travolta like artistically like sketching and drawing and making this forgery of a Monet piece of artwork and then he's finished and it's perfect yeah and then it's, it's perfect at the end <laughs> and he and his son are like, like wow we did it together dad and he's like this is gonna be a family heist and so as if like bringing your son to a brothel wasn't bad enough. Yeah. And so then it goes full national treasure. He and Ty Sheridan go to the museum. They um, plan the heist. Yeah. And Ty Sheridan hides an event as the museum closes. Uh, Christopher Palmer plays the old crusty dementia ridden yeah. grandpa. Yeah, he looks, he he's like, like, I'm drinking any Coke. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, sir, you can't have that here. Oh no, I, I can't drink a Coke in here. Oh, it's my Coke. And he's like, Oh, I'm going to go leave now. And yeah. then he, and he uh, smirks. He breaks the fourth wall, looks at the camera and has the keys. <laughs> and it, I, No, he, he, he breaks it. He does actually do that. Not look at the camera, but he does like wriggle the keys. Yeah. Um, It'd be a bit better if he like break broke the fourth wall. And he's like, "Oh, plumber still got it." <laughs> um, so, uh, then they heist. They don't wear masks. Yeah, they don't wear masks. They just wear like black suits. And Christopher Palmer's like moving at like slow speeds. He's like ambling through this because he's old. It's, yeah. I said Palmer's slow rolling through the heist. So, um, heist night. I wrote down they get away because they set alarms off. Yeah, they go in. Ty Sheridan like they cut the screws power. the guards door shut. They cut the power. They get they take the Monet off the wall. They put the forgery up, and then a guard chases them out, and they get away. Yeah, and that's that. That's very easy. Yeah, there were no no problems happened. And he goes to Keegan. And he's like, "Here's the painting." And Keegan's like, "Thanks." Um, and he's like, "Oh, and you you linked me up with that." Uh, what do they call it? Like a uh, someone who evaluates artwork. Oh, oh, uh, not the curator. Appraiser, appraiser. appraiser and yeah. He's like, you link me up with the appraiser. And he's like, yeah. Well, tell me how much it's worth. Uh, and so he's and so this is this is the twist. The twist is uh, Keegan has one of his guys bring the the Monet, and to, they beat up Travolta by the way and yeah, say you're to, not out of the deal or yeah, whatever to this to this drug pink, kingpin Carlos as a payoff, and he's like, all right, to bring the appraiser in. It's it's Christopher Plummer, Whoa. the fake out, who tells Carlos it's a fake, it's a forgery. And so now Carlos thinks Keegan's been ripping him off. And Carlos is the most chill drug kingpin of all time. And it's just like, it's all good. And he, I appreciate and he hands $100,000 to Christopher Plummer. He's like, take this as a, as a as token. As a token, he says, via con Dios, go with God. And he walks off. <laughs> <laughs> he leaves. By the way, what's John Travolta doing this entire time? Uh, he's sitting in the car at the DEA agent being like, let it play out. Let it play out. <laughs> let it play out. He goes, he's literally does the, he does the, it's like the ending of Ocean's Eleven, but so low effort. Yeah. Where it's like the con, the con men. Right. And so he like, uh, he, he's like, let it play out. Just let it play out. And Christopher Plummer comes out. And he's like, I got the money. Uh, and the DEA agent's like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> like, and he's like, all right. Go up to that building. You'll find a, a real Monet up there. Uh, bring it to the museum. They'll know what to do. And then we just cut to a 
shot of dead Keegan. Yeah. And like the D agent's like, wow, this all really tied itself up with a bow, didn't it? Uh, Carlos, the drug kingpin, had Keegan killed. Carlos uh, was arrested because we caught him with a Monet. John Travolta's off scot-free. Yeah, no um, consequences yeah, no for consequences the Cutter for family. Yeah, because they're like, yeah, we helped the, the DEA. We cut a deal. And the DEA's like, did you? <laughs> and they also got $100,000 like, of blood money? Yeah. Uh, from a drug kingpin? Yeah, so I wrote down at this point, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, and it it, it just cuts them on a beach. Well, and we forgot there's the bit where he gets laid. Oh, yes. He gets wish number two. He gets wish number two. And because, like, they are sitting in the car, Christopher Plummer and John Travolta, and they're like, why is it taking him so long? Two minutes and I'd be done and out of there. Yeah. (laughs) And then we cut to, on the front porch, Ty Sheridan. And Trish. And Trish. Yes. Who we have not, we've he only heard of. Consensual sex seen. with his high school girlfriend. So therefore, it is not a legal dear reader. Therefore, it is not problematic for this movie to show. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they show it for twenty minutes. Yes, it's a twenty-minute sex scene. No, uh, <laughs> uh, but then they go to a beach Everything. somewhere. Yeah, uh, and John Travolta and his son have like a moment together. I can't even remember what they say. I don't remember what they said either. They're like, "You're my son." And he's like, "You're, You're my, my dad." dad. And then Christopher Plummer, like, he runs through nude in the background with a leprechaun hat. Uh, It's crazy. And he's just like, they're after me, lucky charms. People think he's lying, but he's not. It's a real thing that happens in the movie. Um, Oh, Christ. And then the movie fades to black and Ocean Man starts playing. It's like, Ocean Man, take me to the land that you understand. Ocean Man. Ocean Man, even though the lights are in the sand. Uh, yeah, that's how it ends. Thanks. It doesn't actually end with Ocean Man, but it should. But it does end with Christopher Plummer running nude across the beach. <laughs> yeah, screaming, full frontal. They're trying to take my lucky charms. <laughs> it, it's heroin. It's not lucky charms. He's, right. he's senile. Right. <laughs> that's, the end of the, that's the end of the movie. Uh, that's the end of the forger. Uh, yeah, so the movie comes out. Forger comes out. Oh, there's post-text to this movie? <laughs> I mean, it has to be. Oh, my God. Uh, every movie has post-text. Okay. What's the post-text of this? Uh, so this movie comes out. Um, it premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival. What? Uh, in the 20- How? <laughs> uh, Saban Films bought the distribution. This is one of those movies where like they pre-sold the international distribution rights before the movie came out. Okay. So it made its budget back before it was made. Dope. Um, essentially. And it was bought for $2 million by Saban Films. Comes out uh, on April 24th, 2015. Um... It makes $16 million total, so it doesn't make its budget back, but it already made its budget back by pre-selling. That's the yeah. secret of these direct-to-video movies. Yeah. They pre-sell their international distribution mm. uh, before they're even made. Okay. So it's made its budget back. The people who funded the movie get their money, and it doesn't matter if it makes box office funds, except for the people who you know bought the rights. Wow. But the original like production company is already in the black by the time this movie's made. What a business model. Yeah, I, I took a class once with a guy who actually like was one of the studio guys who would do this and he's describing how great like you just go to festivals and you're like got this movie the forger john travolta are making it for 11 million dollars um it's got john travolta and christopher Plummer. who wants it for mexico who wants it for venezuela who wants it for thailand and like people be like i'll buy it for five hundred thousand dollars to distribute it in thailand it's like here you go and how much would it make like for instance if you sold the international rights to venezuela for like five hundred thousand dollars then, like, they make then, how much money that it makes in Venezuela? 
Yes, whoever you sold the rights to makes all the money that it made of as well. They in that you, country that they buy yes. the international rights from. Yes, and they paid they, because they paid for it up front, and then all profit they get in that country but like, goes to them. how much money is it going to make in Venezuela? Exactly, like however much you pay the rights for. And, but then it also includes like, you know, um, like the post sales, like, you know, your DVDs and whatnot, streaming, Again, et cetera. Again, what all of that is that going to add up to exactly. in Venezuela? And I know we're using Venezuela, yeah. but I mean, like you know, like because again, I wonder. It's it's a ga- it's a ga- it's gambling. Like yeah. you might buy like ten movies like this. Nine of them might be flops, but they have the one hit that pays for all the others. Mm. And then like airline rights are pre-sold usually. Fascinating, fascinating. Uh, yeah. So that that's where this movie kind of it's structured, but it comes out and it makes eleven million dollars or tw- sixteen million dollars worldwide. Mm-hmm. So not its budget, but whatever. Uh, gets a nine percent on tomatoes. Yeah, uh, you're so you're gonna enjoy this uh, this Rotten Tomatoes synopsis, please. The consensus reads: so wrote that its star is overshadowed by his wig. The forger offers nary a thrill or scintilla of suspense that couldn't be overpowered by decent ca- cable drama. Yeah, Our movie was so wrote so its star gets overshadowed by his wig. Oh. <laughs> oh. They did him dirty. They did him real dirty, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, but that's that's the movie. That is The Forger. It doesn't do anything for Travolta's career. Just no, we're in the same place we've been this whole time. I mean, we're in that zone now with Travolta where none of these are going to do anything for him. Mm. Which I I feel comfortable saying this on the air with you, Jeff. It's partly why I feel like we should cover the People versus OJ American Crime Story. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you on the air why we should. Because it's the this one... on the record that we should cover People versus O.J. Simpson. I'm not saying we will. I'm just I'm just making the case to you, Jeff, why yeah. we should. And whether we do or not, that's up to you to decide whether our audience will agree or not disagree. But now hear me out. Like, it's the one shred of success Trolls yeah. has seen in almost 10 years. Yes. 10 years! And it did nothing for him. Nothing! So, like, I feel like there's a story with that. Like, at least one episode in the entire series. We're not going to cover every episode per episode, you know? Like, we can just watch... We'll watch all ten episodes, and we'll do, like, an hour-long synopsis about the plot. But then we can talk about, like, how do they pick John Travolta? Where did it go with his career? Why did it not do anything for him and all that stuff? Because I think he got a Golden Globe nom. He did. For that. For Robert Shapiro. (laughs) For playing Robert Shapiro. All right. So I'm not going to make a commitment on air. I understand that. But I, I will th- say, I think there's a decent chance maybe we cover it. And I, I hated to put you on the spot. I'm just sort of maybe making... Maybe we cover it. I'm making the case that like it came out... Maybe we cover it. 2016. It's eight hours long. But we only do one episode. What if we just pretend it's a movie? Well, we only do one episode of the whole series. No, we do the whole thing. No, I'm saying, but yeah, we watched the entire series, but we cover it in one episode. Oh yeah, we'd cover it in one episode. Yeah, we wouldn't. What do... if we just pretend it's an eight-hour movie? Sure, sure, we can do. It. And it's also like when we talk about the plot, it's the plot of the O.J. Simpson case. Like everyone, yeah, which knows... means we're talking for six hours, and I'm going deep into it. Everyone knows what happened. We don't have to go fully into it. Mm. But it's like the first bit of success that he got in over ten years. Yeah, I just I feel like that's something we gotta. Talk about. We got to talk. When did about. that come out? 2016. 2016. Okay, so we're getting close to it. We are getting close yeah. to it. 
All right, we'll make this decision. We'll make this decision. We'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that that's that's the forger. And then after that, we cover I Am Wrath. <laughs> and he is Wrath. And he is Wrath. Yes. All right. Uh, Stuart, any final thoughts on the forger? Uh, I felt like the most impacting part of this movie was the opening shot of Travolta in prison because yes. it's a very symbolic where he's at in his career and also where I'm at with my life. <laughs> I feel like I already know what you're writing for the Spotify description of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could probably guess what the Spotify yeah. description is going to be for this. Yeah, but that's basically uh, that's basically it. Yeah. That's, uh, uh, thank you, folks, for listening yeah. to our episode on The Forger. Make sure to tune in next week for our episode on Life on the Line. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, whatever platform you're listening on. As a reminder, we're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Um, pop into Reddit, r slash Travolting. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, at TravoltingPod. Email comments, questions, TravoltingPodcast at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter, at Jeff W. Sweeney. Find me on Instagram at Stuart Over 95. And as always, special thanks to Michael Van Bidding Smith for our theme music, Rebecca Johnson for our graphic design. And have a great week, folks. Uh, get ready to have a life on the line. Life on the line.